Well, happy Easter, friendship, family. I'm so glad that you have joined us for Easter online. Man, what an amazing day that we get to celebrate today. Today's Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. And let's be, let's be clear right from the start that this day is all about one thing. It's about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. So today we get to celebrate the risen Lord, our resurrected King. Can I get an amen? Amen. I heard you at home. Thank you. Man, this is an incredible thing that we get to celebrate. And I know most of you, or many of you at least, know my story that I didn't grow up in a, a uh, you know, Bible-believing, church-attending home. Uh, really grew up with no knowledge of God. And in that, uh, growing up, uh, I literally had no understanding of what Easter was all about. In fact, I was quite confused every year why, like, why do we celebrate an Easter bunny and eggs and do egg hunts and all these things? I, I had no idea. I thought that it was this ridiculous Hallmark holiday. I, I had no idea what it was about. No understanding about what this holiday was all about. And I just want to be clear from the start that we're celebrating the risen King Jesus, our resurrected King you know, in my home, I live about three miles or so down the road, uh, down Highway 1, west of our church. And we're in this neighborhood called Saddlebrook, where there's a, uh, a lot of new homes being built. Phase three of this development is coming up, and literally right behind our house, uh, there's a cul-de-sac that's, that's being formed right now. And, and, you know, over the past week, they've been kind of leveling some of that dirt and uh, I don't know if you've ever, you know, had this happen near where you live, but man, when those things start moving dirt and leveling stuff out, like it rattles our house. Like it rattles our, you know, our cupboards, the dishes inside there. It rattles my chest and my guts. Like it shakes the whole house. And, you know, the resurrection was kind of had that type of effect on the world. It didn't just change things eh, a little bit. No, man, it shook the world. And God's intention was to, is to have that same kind of radical, dramatic effect on our lives as well, that the resurrection would shake up our world. Not just have some small little effect, but it would turn everything upside down. The resurrection was that big of a deal. It was the greatest event in human history. And really, it should lead to the greatest impact in our lives that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It should shake us to the core. And I want to read a story this morning that is kind of a precursor to the resurrection of Jesus. And it's a story about a, a woman whose world was shook by resurrection and her name was Martha. In John chapter 11 we see this story. Jesus was great friends with these two sisters Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. They lived in Bethany not far from Jerusalem and word got to Jesus that his friend Lazarus was was sick and on his deathbed and as we pick up the story in John chapter 11 we see that that, that Lazarus did not survive this sickness John chapter 11, starting in verse 17, it says, Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Now, this is a very specific detail. 
because the Jewish people didn't embalm corpses. And so at this point, you know, this, this, this body is, is decomposing. It's begun to stink and, and decompose. And so he's been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. And if you know anything about Mary and Martha, this is typical for their personality. Mary's always you know, seated and Martha's busy doing something. And she hears that Jesus is coming and shows. So she runs to meet him. Verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So she's, she's thinking to the, you know, this far off future hope. I, I know I'll get to see him again. I know he'll rise in the resurrection on the last day. Um, and that's, that's awesome. But Jesus is, he, he, his, he's outside of time, so he's thinking future, but he's thinking right now that there's not this far off future hope, but there's something I wanna speak to you right now about reality. And he says in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. So we see the story of, of Martha and the, the rest of the story. If you don't know how it ends, Jesus ends up, uh, it says Jesus wept, man. He was... He was uh, broken over the death of his friend, even though he knew in just a few short moments he was actually going to resurrect his dead friend, Lazarus. And this was a precursor to his own death and a resurrection. But Jesus was, was, was doing something amazing here. And I want to see four, four things in, in this story of, of Martha and her conversation with Jesus. First of all is this, that his identity was clear. Jesus's identity was clear. He made the statement. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And in those first two words, I am, did those ring any bells? It, it did for the, 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 the people, the Jewish people of, of Jesus's day. It harkens back to the story of the Exodus. God's people were in slavery in, in Egypt Egypt and, and God rose up a deliverer named Moses. And he said, Moses, I want to send you to Pharaoh to demand that he let my people go. And Moses, who you know, is, is unsure of himself and he's not, has lacks confidence and doesn't feel like he is, 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 has the ability to do this. And God says, I'm going to send you. I'm going to be with you. And then Moses says, well, who am I going to tell him? Sent me. In Exodus 3, verse 13, Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? What, what am I going to tell them? Who sent me? Verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to this people of Israel, I am 
has sent me to you. I am has sent me to you. This literally means the, the self-existent one, the self-existing one. I am the one who was and will be. I have always existed and will, will never cease to exist. I am. I am was the name of Jehovah God. And what we see from Jesus, actually throughout the, the Gospel of John, we see these seven I am statements where Jesus, in no uncertain terms, identifies himself as one with God the Father, that he is God in the flesh. Back in John chapter 6, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. John chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. John chapter 10, he says, I am the door of the sheep. Again, in John chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. Here in John chapter 11, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. John 14, Jesus makes a statement when he declares that I am the way and the truth and the life. And then in John 15, he says, I am the true vine. Jesus, he, he was not shy about this. He was one with the Father. He was God in the flesh. His identity was clear. I am. But not only was his identity clear, but his power was real. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, resurrection, we've already mentioned that word. That's what Easter is all about. Resurrection literally just means the act of rising from the dead. As many miraculous things as, as Jesus did in, in healing people and curing disease, casting out demons, of all the things that he did, there was, there, there was absolutely nothing more miraculous than springing life out of death. No greater power could he or anyone else ever put on display than, than taking something that is dead and breathing life into it. Nothing more miraculously, no, nothing more miraculous, no greater power than resurrection. You know, I don't, this is a guilty confession this morning. I don't know if it, any of you watch HGTV. I think it's what Home and Gardens television. I don't know about the garden part, but like I love these shows where they take this, you know, an old house or an old property and then they renovate it and they restore it and they, in, in, in essence, they resurrect it. You know, maybe shows like Fixer Upper was kind of one of the originals or one of the ones where we've watched here and there is Hometown. Uh, or rock the block, you know, it's kind of a competitive spin on it. But like, I, I'm just telling you, I, I think I could watch those shows until the cows come home, whatever that phrase means. I don't know. But I, I don't watch a ton of them, but I feel like I could sit and watch those all day long because I love seeing something that was like, you know, this cruddy old dilapidated house and, and, and then seeing it restored and, and made new. So when these homeowners come in, it's like, man, this is a totally new place. You've breathed life into this. You've resurrected this dead old home. 
And it's really the reason it's so fun to watch these things and the reason they make so much money off of these things is because they stole the idea from Jesus. You know, at the risk of sounding foolish this morning, the greatest resurrection show that has ever been put on was when Jesus rose from the dead. The power of God on full display when he, when he raised Jesus from the dead. He took someone who was dead and lifeless and breathed life into that corpse. There's no greater power than the power of resurrection. And Jesus here, as he, he, he prepares to raise Lazarus from the dead, he makes this incredible statement. Not, hey, I'm getting ready to resurrect this dead man. Not even in a few short days, not, not even am I going to be resurrected. No, Jesus declares himself. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the source of resurrection. I am the source of life. I am the only one who can bring life out of death. His identity was clear and his power was real. He was able to bring dead things to life. His identity was clear. His power was real. The third thing is this. His, his purpose was simple. His purpose was simple. His purpose in coming. And listen, y'all, Jesus didn't do anything on accident or randomly. Man, he did everything with purpose. He came on a mission, and everything he did, including why he came, was, was on purpose. And his purpose was to give us life. His purpose was to give us victory over sin and over death, and to give us life. He, he said here to Martha, whoever believes in me, though he die, though he physically dies, yet shall he live and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus came to give victory over death. He came to give us real, true, eternal, lasting, abundant life. This was his purpose for coming. He said a chapter earlier in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly abundantly full and spilling out, spilling over. I came to give life because the truth is for every single one of us that from birth, from the moment of birth, we're all born into this, into this life. We're born dead, spiritually dead, that our spirits are, are dead because of our sin, our uh, we're, we're separated from God. We need resurrection. We need something or someone to breathe life into our dead spirits. And this is the purpose of Jesus' death and his burial and his resurrection was so that we could experience life. You see, to give us life, Jesus had to lay down his own. He had to give up his own. And so Jesus came, God in the flesh, and he lived this perfectly holy and righteous life, free of sin. 
And then he gave up his life. He laid his life down on, on the cross and he shed his blood to wash away our sin and to cleanse us and to free us of sin. And he died for us. And then he rose again in victory over sin and over death so that we could experience life in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, I wish we could read this whole chapter of any chapter in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 15. It's, it's the most extensive treatment on resurrection that you'll find in the Bible. It talks about the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of the saints, which is all of us who, who believe in Christ. It's an incredible chapter, 1 Corinthians 15. It begins with the gospel, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ, and then it expands on this idea of resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, 22, it says, for as in Adam, all die, because Adam was the original man and he was, was the first sinner and because of his sin introduced sin into the, the, the human race. And because of him, we all experience death, physical death, but more than that, spiritual death. For as in Adam, all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. And because of Christ and what he has done in his death and burial and resurrection, we can be made alive and we can have victory. In fact, as you go down further in 1 Corinthians 15, it says in verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead, this is the return of Jesus, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed. He's talking about resurrection, y'all. We shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Man, I love that. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God on this Resurrection Sunday. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So death no longer stings. Death is no longer the end. There, there, sin has no more power over us because of the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. His purpose was simple. It was to give us life, to give us victory over death. And so his identity was clear, his power was real, his purpose was simple. And this very last thing, this fourth thing is this, as, as, as Jesus is having this conversation with Martha. Number four, his question was personal. His question was personal. He said, do you believe this? Do you believe this? You know, Jesus had this incredible way about him where he could be so lovingly confrontational. And you know, when we think of the word confrontational, we think of somebody who's like all up in our grill and like spitting mad and is foaming at the mouth and is, 
yelling at us and accusing us of things. And that's not, that's not always what confrontation means. Confrontation, you know, and especially when it comes to Jesus, man, he was able to confront us lovingly and graciously, but firmly and truthfully. He was able to confront people with, the re- with reality, with, with the truthfulness of, of where they were in life. And Jesus lovingly confronts Martha here. He says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And so Martha, do you believe? Do you believe this? It's like he would never let you off the hook. He never lets us off the hook. He says, here is the truth. Whoever believes in me will never die. And so what are you going to now do with this truth that I've confronted you with, Martha? Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Because the only way to experience resurrection, the power of resurrection, the only way to experience it is by believing in Jesus. The only way to experience the power of resurrection is by believing in Jesus, the one who can alone raise the dead. He is the one that has the power to raise the dead. He is the one who has come with the purpose of raising the dead, of giving life to those who are spiritually dead. The only way is to receive, is is to believe in Jesus, because you and I, you'll only ever understand the power of the resurrection when it moves beyond just a historical event about Jesus to a personal encounter with Jesus. That's a big statement, y'all. So let me, let me say it again. You'll only ever understand the power of the resurrection when it moves beyond a historical event about Jesus, something that happened in history 2,000 plus years ago. When it moves beyond a historical event about Jesus to a personal encounter with Jesus between you and him, when you can, you're confronted And this is the purpose of today, y'all, is for us to be confronted with the reality of the resurrection and that we would do more than just celebrate him, but that we would submit to him. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? Martha's response in this moment, his question was personal and Martha's response was, was likewise personal. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. You, you see, the key that unlocks and opens the door to resurrection and life is belief. Belief. Not just this mental, you know, acknowledging of something that happened. No, belief means trust and and putting the full weight of our faith 
in an object. And all that Jesus said and all that Jesus did was to lead us to a place of belief, to putting our full faith and trust in him and who he was and what he did. Do you believe this? So Jesus' question to Martha was no throwaway question. This was a personal question that demanded a personal response. Do you believe this? Not have you ever, not did you at one time. No, do you present tense believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? And Martha, her confession, her declaration, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who's coming into the world. And so on this Easter Sunday, I want to ask you, what about you? What about you? This is no throwaway question In fact, this is the question of Easter. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? You know, maybe at one time you prayed, maybe at one time you made a decision to give your life to God, but you stopped believing. You stopped believing. Maybe you've just been going through the motions but not really believing anymore. Maybe over the last year or maybe somewhere along the way, you stopped believing. You stopped living a life based upon what you believe. Maybe even your life would now be characterized by a life of of unbelief. Maybe you stopped believing maybe maybe your story is that you've you've never believed you've never believed in the person and the work of Jesus the death and the resurrection of Jesus maybe you've never come to that place before and maybe you were like I was where you, you didn't even really understand what what Easter was all about maybe you've never believed or you know I don't know why you came today or why you tuned in today. Maybe it's because it's what Christians are supposed to do is just, you know, to, to go to church on Easter Sunday. And so you're just putting in your, uh, you know, your, your bare minimum just to get by and say you've done it. Or, or you know what, maybe, maybe just maybe you turn this on today because you've needed to believe again. I don't know where you are at. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your journey has looked like that has brought you to this Easter Sunday, 2021. But I can tell you this. Here's what I do know. The good news is God has given you this day to believe, to experience resurrection, to receive life. God has given you this day to believe. 
do you believe this? And I want to ask you just in this moment to, to close your eyes. I know you're watching on a, on a screen, but I want to ask you to just kind of close your eyes in this moment and just maybe even bow your head. And I, I want to ask you even in this moment to, in your mind, to, to kind of draw an imaginary circle on the ground and for you to, to step into that circle and to find yourself in that circle, you and God alone. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes, everyone who lives and believes in me, shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus said, whoever believes, this offer is, this invitation is open to everyone who would believe. And he asked the question, do you believe this? And I'm asking you today, God is asking you, do you believe? Jesus is God and his power is real. He has the power to give you life. His purpose, man, it was simple. He's come to give you life. He's come to make you brand new, to raise you to life, to make you a new creation. The question is, do you believe? God, I just wanna say today, thank you for who you are, for this glorious, historical event that changed the world, it shook the world, that you not only died for our sins, but you rose again in victory over over sin and over death and over the grave. And God, I wanna say thank you that you rose from the dead. But God, I wanna thank you even more than that, that you give us the opportunity and the invitation to believe that we don't have to to work for it. We don't have to be good enough or smart enough or spiritual enough or faithful enough. God, all we have to do is express belief, wholehearted trust and faith in you and who you are and what you have done. God, thank you that it's so simple that we can just receive this gift of life by believing. Lord, thank you that this can become a personal encounter. And Lord, I'm praying for those who maybe for the first time ever this morning or whenever they're watching would be able to respond in faith and say, yes, Lord, I believe. God, I pray for those that they would respond in faith to you, those that you're speaking to, those that you are drawing. God, maybe there's others that are here in this morning that have said, man, I I believed at one point and God, I believe you brought me here this morning to hear this this story so that I could believe again, so that I could come back to you, so that you could restore me, and that, God, I could walk in faith once again. So God, I pray for those folks, and I pray for those who maybe would declare, no, I don't believe, or maybe those that would say, "I'm, I'm not sure I believe. God, I pray that you would bless them, that you would continue to speak to them and work on their hearts and prove yourself real and prove yourself powerful to them. And God, in your kindness 
and love that you would continue to draw them to yourself. God, we rejoice in who you are, that you are the risen Lord, our resurrected King. And so, Lord, today, on this Resurrection Sunday, we worship you and we thank you for who you are and what you have done and for your incredible resurrection power. And so, Lord, we worship you today. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. <laughs>